Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 60 of Stands and Fits, presented as always by the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. What's up, man? How's it going? We are, we are at tournament week. It is it is tournament week. Yep. I also need to mention Cyclone Fanatics coverage of the 2019 NCAA tournament is presented by the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. The Iowa Clinic is a longtime supporter of what we do at Cyclone Fanatic and is a big reason why you can consume all of our content 100% free of charge. Be a man. Go to the doctor. Thanks to our friends at the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. We had to knock this out tonight uh, because Chris and I are leaving early tomorrow morning for Tulsa, Oklahoma. You guys get an Airbnb down there, a hotel? What's the, what's the setup this time? We are in, a, in the media hotel. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we're, we're good to go. High class. High class, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably about the exact same hotel <laughs> as the one we just got out of in Kansas City. Sweet. Uh, you, ever, you ever been to Tulsa? I was actually just going to ask you that. Have you been there, uh, I guess, since you've been with Cycle Fanatic? Because we played Tulsa in football. A couple times, I, I know. Yeah, I've never been to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I think I've been to Oklahoma once. I've driven through Oklahoma. That's about it. Yeah, I went to Dallas once. I think that's the only time I've ever been there. Mm-hmm. It's just, and obviously we were just passing through. Yep. So this will be a new experience. Do you know of anything to do in Tulsa? No. <laughs> Neither do I. I was talking to uh, my neighbor last night about going to Tulsa. And he said something about how he thinks it's weird he like he commented it's like it's weird that the tournament's coming to Des Moines and I was like well it's kind of like the size of city that they generally go to yeah and he's like yeah but there's like like what do the fans do like when they're not I was like I don't know drink <laughs> yeah <that's about laughs> what else it. is there to do I was like what is there to do in Tulsa Oklahoma or Hartford Connecticut yeah you know Columbia South Carolina Dayton Ohio Dayton Ohio yeah Columbus Ohio mm-hmm. some of these places they, they've been to Boise before yeah there's way worse places to be than Des Moines yeah not that you know, not that Tulsa's bad or anything like that, but no. it's like, it just realistically, it's like the same size of cities always get this kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I don't think, you know, Des Moines is n- really that recognized for its nightlife, but I, I think it's a, a generally overall clean city and, you know, it's got, it's got its spots that are. Oh right. yeah. I feel like most people that probably come here are surprised. Yeah. You know, by what Des Moines has to I offer. I mean, people who are from out of state probably just think, oh, it's going to be in the middle of cornfield. Exactly. But, but then no, it's actually a nice little, you know, Midwestern town. But realistically, like if you think about the cities that they have these first and second round games in it's all cities the size of des moines yeah and then sometimes those cities you know like omaha a kansas city where you know they're not that much bigger i mean they're those cities are both considerably larger than des moines mm-hmm. but they like get their footing in in those first and second rounds and then you see them where they get a regional i yeah. don't think des moines would probably ever get a regional because i don't think the arena is big enough mm-hmm. but I mean, that, it, that's just kind of what it takes, you know, yeah. to help elevate the stature of your city in that sense. I guess one thing, how I don't know uh, the answer to this. I should just Google it. But how far away from Oklahoma City is Tulsa? Like, is there, is there a chance that you could go over for a Thunder game at some point or something? Man, that'd be cool. Uh, Oklahoma City to Tulsa. Tulsa. Oh, to Lass. <laughs> to Tulsa. To Lass, Oklahoma. It is one hour and 39 minutes. So I'm going to go out on a limb. And say no. Yeah, that's a little. That's a little bit of a haul. I'm not gonna get an Uber. No. <laughs> Three hours from Tulsa to Oklahoma City. And you're still you're still underage, so they charge you if you rented a car too. Yeah. So, but you're coming up on 25, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Uh, in August. There so you go. Five months out mm. from 25. Close, but no cigar right now. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I, I mean, it would be cool to go to a Thunder. I think I'll have plenty to do. Yeah. And exactly. it's, it's also the NCAA tournament. So I think yeah. I'll have plenty to plenty to watch plenty of basketball to watch exactly. without having to go to a Thunder and, game. And break down in, in the off time, obviously. Too. Exactly. Break down in the off time right about. It'll be fun. My second NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. My first first and second round opportunity. Mm-hmm. I've only been to the Sweet 16 previously. So so technically you, you were bad luck since you went to the Sweet 16 and they lost. In theory, I am. 0-1 all-time in the NCAA tournament. It was against a high, much higher seed in, Correct. in Virginia. Yeah, Virginia was a good team. Although maybe you're good luck for Mariel Shayok. That, that might be true because I, the other side of that coin is that I am I am now 8-1, uh, and one, I think. So 3, 2, 3. Yeah, I think I'm 8-1. and one. Wait, yeah, 8-1 and all-time at the Big 12 tournament. So. Ooh. Nice. With the one loss being when Iowa State was really bad. Yeah, exactly. And you can, you, that's an outlier. You can throw that out. Exactly. So when Iowa State has a competent basketball team, 
I'm undefeated. There you go. So we just gotta make sure you're in the building every year. Even, even if somehow you were to quit your job, we'd have to get you there. We'd have to pay the GoFundMe to get Jared in the Sprint Center. Exactly, I'm just the good luck charm. Yeah. I, I don't know what other, what other possibility there could be, yeah. you know? Um, all right, so where do you want to start? You want to talk about the Big 12 tournament or do you want to talk about the NCAA tournament? Um, we can briefly touch on the Big 12 tournament. I don't think there's probably a whole lot to say about it. Breaking news, Kevin Dresser is your national wrestling coaches association division one national coach of the year wow congrats congrats coach dresser literally just came across the uh the old wire came across the wire yeah okay i guess it happened 38 minutes ago but oh. <laughs> so not really breaking news to anybody except for us yeah right now recording this podcast but good for him it was a good turnaround yeah good turnaround obviously you know the the basketball tournament's happening the wrestling tournament is happening this weekend as well mm-hmm. make sure to follow jackie's coverage of yep. that over the weekend uh, hopefully we'll have a couple cyclones that end up on the podium mm-hmm. out there in Pittsburgh. All right. So what did you say you wanted to do the NCAA tournament first? No, we, can, we I mean, just, sit, you know, briefly summarize the Big 12 tournament. Okay. I mean, we didn't, I didn't see that coming. I, I, again, I predicted that they would lose their first game to Baylor. Yeah. You were the only one. I was. Everyone Actually, else? I think Chris did too. No, maybe not. I think, I think Chris said that they could, if, if they played well, they could get to the Big 12 tournament championship but they would lose to Texas Tech. I think everyone just kind of agreed that once they ran into yeah. Texas Tech, then they'd lose. Chris and I were sitting in, I think we were in the Marriott, uh, like the first night we were there, and we had to get all those predictions in. And he was like, man, everybody picked them to go to the championship. He's like, I can't do that. And then he was like, oh, wait, Fitzy picked them to lose. No, I'm good. I'm good then. <laughs> I have to take the bullet. Yeah. So, like, now, so if, we're, if we do a predictions piece for the NCAA tournament, now I have to predict that they lose to Ohio State to kick it off. And can- you, you guys can put in the real – predictions can i say too remember what i said was going to happen last week on this podcast what, what the trajectory of the tournament run would be remind me i said they'd beat baylor convincingly to where everybody all of a sudden got back on the train yeah they're like starting to get back on the train going into friday and they're like man you know i don't want to buy all the way in yet i don't want to go down there and have them lose to kansas state or something and then they beat kansas state yep and it was a closer, closer on game. Saturday you saw it. And I was like, and then on Saturday, everybody will be there. Yeah. And you know what happened? Everyone was, everyone there. was there. Yep. I just want to say you, you did call that now, now that you mentioned it, you did call it. I'm, I picked Kansas state to win the big 12. And now I called Iowa state making the championship game and cyclone nation flooding Kansas if on, city. If only your predictions translated to Nebraska basketball as well. Well, we can talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, is there a new development? No, it? there's no new development, but I think okay. that that I, I feel like we need to, I think we need to just clear the air a little bit. Okay. You know, sure. Cause I'm sure we have differing opinions, but, and I've also, believe me, I've heard some, for some, from some people over the last day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that oh, I, oh I, I, I get what you're talking about. I think that there's just a discussion to be had yeah. about that entire situation. Okay. Um, all right. So big 12 tournament. Yeah. The big 12 tournament. I mean, I think. The thing that was so crazy to me looking back on it now is that we went into it with no expectation whatsoever, where it's like they could lose on day one or they could go and win the whole thing, mm-hmm. realistically. And it was, in that sense, it was kind of the most surprising run of those four, where like even those other three teams, they weren't first or second seeds or anything like that. No, I think they were the three and 15. They were the f- four in 17 mm. i think they were the the four and 14 too uh either the four or the three again yeah so you go into those and it's like you could see a way that they could win you know but it was like with this one it's like man i sh- like they could i'm not gonna pick it but they could you know and then they just go and dominate on some sense mm. you know that kansas state game obviously was close but i still never felt like they weren't in a position to be able to win the game Yep. I felt like Kansas State would run out of gas just out of the sense that they only had six guys or whatever it was. So it was like the most surprising, but also one of the most dominant runs of across three days that they've had in those four championships. Yeah. Um, and the thing that kind of stood out to me too is uh, we, we'd seen it at other points this year where Mario Shayak would kind of step up and assume the role of, you know, I'm going to take the big shot. But he did that even more to a degree against Kansas State than we'd seen yeah in other parts of the year well that's what's crazy is it was different guys on each day Mm -hmm. you know 
Day one is THT. Yep. Was kind of the big story. Day Mm -hmm. two, it's Mariel Shayok with his huge shots. Um, And then I think day three was more of just kind of a team effort. Obviously, make Michael Jacobson was a huge part of the second day as well. Yep. But uh, then it's Jacobson, it's Lindell, it's Mariel, uh, it's Tyrese. Yep. Like it was everybody making contribution in some, like in, in some way. Yep. And then that's how you, this was the first time that they played against Kansas where it just didn't feel like you were playing Kansas. No, you know, Kansas. I, I do think that Kansas themselves would just say that they played terribly too, but obviously you do have to give Iowa state a bunch of credit for making them look that bad. Right. And I think that there's, there's so much of a mystique of playing Kansas like, some of the times, those teams are always good. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. But it's almost the idea of them being Kansas that psychs you out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was going into the game, I was like, man, I don't think Kansas is that good, mm-hmm. you know? And right away, it felt like obviously came out and punched them in the mouth a little bit. And you were like, yeah, this, I don't – This Kansas team this, these guys, this These guys are not scared of this, this team. Yeah. You know? And they're just – they're like a shell of themselves right now. Yep. And obviously there's all the injuries and all that kind of stuff, but there's nothing about that team that screams, we are the Kansas Jayhawks to me. Yeah. In, in the past, Kansas has either had one or two really dominant big men who could just, you know, destroy you on the inside, or they have a bunch of shooters that will just light it up. Right. But this team, they t- this team has Dedrick Lawson and then just a bunch of guys, it seems like. And Dedrick Lawson is good. Don't get me wrong. But he's not a guy that can just like take over the game exactly. and own the game. And he doesn't have a he doesn't have a, a Robin to his Batman either. No. And I me mean, as a third team All American, he'll mm-hmm. probably be a consensus All American. But I just look at it and I'm like, I don't know. Like I Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't think He's good, but he's it's I mean, other other teams in the conference have had good players too. Right. It's not like they, the whole... They remind you of just like a normal Big 12 team. Yeah. Where they've got one guy who's really good, and then they've got some other guys that you can see where on a particular night they could hurt you. Yeah. But realistically, you're like, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, there's, there's nothing that sets them apart from anybody else. Their, their team this year kind of reminds me of uh, like recent years, Texas's teams. Like they've had, they've had a, really good, a really good guy on the inside who, yeah. can, who can eat it up, but at the same time, their outside shooting isn't anything spectacular. I was going to say they're almost like a... Man, I don't even know what the best comparison would be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the best way to compare it would be. Mm. I mean, I think that that team, that Kansas team is no better than any of the Fred teams. No. You know? Yeah. I don't think it's any better than I, – I think that a lot of the Iowa State teams of recent years would probably beat that Kansas team. Well, I think any of the Big 12 tournament – winning teams could beat that Kansas team easily. Right. Yeah. They were, and it's, and it's like I said, so as much as it is that I just, I don't think they're that good. I mean, I said that, last, I said last night on our radio show, I mean, I think that, uh, I think that KJ Lawson stinks. Mm. I think David McCormick stinks. I think Mitch Lightfoot stinks. They're throwing a bunch of Charlie Moore. I think he stinks. Yeah. They're throwing a bunch of dudes out there that it's like, what, why is this guy wearing a Kansas Jersey? Mm-hmm. You know? And I don't know. It was just the first time where you're watching them move and you can see an air of confidence where it's like, we're Kansas. Like, come on. Yeah. You're not knocking us off. We're right away in that game. It seemed like they knew. Yeah. Where it's like, we're about to get buried under an avalanche right their, now. Their, their body language is different. You could tell. When's the last time you saw a can I mean, we can go back to that first game. I mean, they get the technical foul for having six people on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, you did not see Kansas make mistakes like that. No. Usually. Or where Diedrich Lawson fouls somebody and slams a ball up over the hoop. You don't see Kansas guys do that very often. No. Where just everything completely unravels on them, you know? And this that was what it seemed like happened Saturday night, where even Bill Self, he's like, I thought we played hard. I mean, I guess. Yeah. You know? And it does make you wonder how much, you know, Bill Self or even the people involved on their roster have been wondering about the, the investigation going off the, off the court too. Yeah. I don't know. Their, head, their heads might not be completely where they need to be. They're going to have to dig themselves out of a hole. I, would, I mean, I think, the throne, I think the throne is up for grabs at this point. This yeah. is the, fir- the first time in a long time where I legitimately think you could say people around the conference can look at Kansas and be like, there's a little bit of blood in the water right now. Yeah. Yep. To, for somebody to be able to take control of the league. Mm-hmm. 
Because in past years, they'd, they'd shown some vulnerabilities, but then they'd, you know, they'd pull it together by season's end, and of course, they'd come out with the title. Yeah. But this year, didn't get the title. Team doesn't look that good skill-wise. And it's not like, I mean, again, they'll probably have a, a couple of nice recruits come in next year, but even at this point, there's rumors that Bill Selfman may not be back. Yeah. So. I don't think that, I don't think they'll get back to Kansas City mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament. I, th- I think they lose to Auburn in the second round of the NCAA. I picked them to lose to New Mexico State. I think New Mexico State's a real deal. And mm-hmm. those guys are going to be motivated to play Kansas again. Yeah. I mean, they played them to the wire in the Sprint Center already in December, lost by three. I did not know that. Yeah, they had the lead basically until right at the very end. And I think Kansas, they might not have had Azabuke, but they had LeGerald Vick when he was playing really well. Yep. That was a completely different basketball team. I think that this, I think New Mexico State, a team who hasn't lost since like the 2nd of January – Hasn't lost in three months. Mm-hmm. Those guys are confident. I bet they feel like if they get a matchup with Kansas, they'll beat them. I sure hope so. It'd be nice to just see Kansas completely melt down. Because right now, all their fans can kind of just hang their hat on, oh, well, we'll, we'll be fine in the NCAA tournament. But then if that were to happen where the, and they get upset or don't make it around, out of the round of 32, then it's, it's a failure completely for them. Definitely. So. All right, you want to talk more about the NCAA tournament then? Uh, yeah, we can briefly talk about what Iowa State's got going on. So the draw was favorable, Yeah, I think. I like, I, I wrote about this in my blog, that'll be up tomorrow. Uh, I, I like that they're playing Ohio State as opposed to a mid-major just because I think they're going to see that name brand. They're going to be like, wow, uh-huh. even though these guys are an 11 seed, they, they've still got a lot of talent. Yeah. And it's not like Ohio State really tore it up in the Big Ten. No. You know, the Big Ten's obviously tough. It's a tough league. A lot of good teams in the Big Ten. But still, I'm like, I don't know. They're not, I'm not that intimidated by this Ohio State team. Yeah. And then the big question mark will be, I, I do think that Houston will be the round of 32 opponent if Iowa State wins. I haven't seen Houston play this year, but I've kind of just come to, from what I've read, they're pretty balanced, it sounds like. Yeah, they've got two guys who score in double figures, and they just play real slow. Yeah. They don't get out and run at all. Uh, I've watched them play twice. It just so happened that two of those games were – Two of their three losses. Oh, really? Yeah. So what will will it basically be a matchup of if Iowa State controls the tempo, then you think they win kind of thing? I think they'll win. I, I do. Really? I mean, I I fully expect Iowa State to get back to Kansas City. Man, that would be fun. Because the likely opponent that in that Sweet 16 game will, will be Kentucky. Which at that point, man, I don't know. I'd have a hard time picking that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to be tough. Because I, I, Iowa State fans will pony up for tickets at that point. But, yeah. But at the same time, I bet – I bet there's been a lot of Kentucky fans who have already bought tickets to that game. Exactly. And can, I don't know. I should have a hard time thinking that Iowa State can beat them. I mean, they're good, you know. Yeah. And I know they lost to Tennessee on Saturday or whatever that was. And I know they got their butts kicked by Duke, like, in the first game of the year. Mm-hmm. That team is good. There's yeah. some good dudes on that team. P.J. Washington is – if he's not a first-team All-American, he's definitely a second-team. Yep. And – you know, Tyler Hero has been awesome. I, I just – I don't think in good faith I could be, like, going into that game with the expectation of them winning. Yeah. But when you're in the Sprint Center, Hilton South, I mean – You never know what can happen. You can't count out Iowa State. That's the thing. No. And it's the NCAA tournament. Yeah. You know, you never know what can happen. Yeah. But you have you to play got- North Carolina, too. Like, it's the same <laughs> thing where it's like, man, I think they can win these first two. But once you get – if they made the Final Four, you, you sure as hell know they'd be battle-tested. Exactly. Because they would have had to beat two of the Blue Bloods to get there. Then again, it could be a situation like last year for Kansas State where they just get a much easier path seemingly than they, they would have right. expected. Maybe they'll end up playing New Mexico State in the Elite Eight. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Wofford, uh, Fletcher McGee. Wofford's Fletcher McGee. The will, Terriers. Will, uh, will pop off for, for 35 points with 11 three-pointers. I would love that. And then go completely cold the next game. Yeah, that would be preferred. <laughs> yeah. But the and that's, that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament, man. Every team, if they, if they get hot, they can beat anyone, you know? Man, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Kansas lost to Northeastern. Really? Yeah, they got some they, – they shoot the ball, like, more than uh, – they're, like, up there in most three-point attempts. They really shoot the ball. So Fasa Pusica uh, of all the guy. Of all the teams that have double-digit seeds, wh- who is your – if you had to hang your hat on them – making a run in the entire tournament in the entire tournament murray state just because of john morant yeah i mean that guy's just on another level yeah it's one of those things where who's got the best player on the floor Mm -hmm. more often than not that team's gonna have the best player and usually you tend towards guards good guards really will carry you i'd have to look at the bracket too um 
So I, I have it right in front of me. Uh, Murray State obviously got Marquette in the round of 64. I think they'll win that game. Then they'll go on to play either Florida State or Vermont. I'm assuming Florida State will win that game. Yeah, and I could see them beating Florida State. I couldn't see them beating Gonzaga. But. Yeah, because they, yeah, they, on all likelihood, they would have Gonzaga in the next round. Unless, right. unless Baylor or Syracuse use their 2-3 zone. Man, Oregon will be a team to watch. They've been playing well here recently. Mm-hmm. Those dudes, they held Utah to like 40-something points or something like that. Like. And that's on knew, Friday night. They were favored by a point over Wisconsin, Wisconsin weren't they? Yeah, they've yeah. just really been playing really well here recently. They've just taken a – I think I, – I heard a quote from Kenny Wooten, who's one of their – I want to say he's a senior. He's like their center. Mm-hmm. It was something along the lines of uh, we don't care who scores the points. Someone could, course, could score, score two points and nobody else could score the rest of the game because we're not going to let them score. It's like, and that's that's it's a all good mindset that's all we care about. Yeah. So they're just like Dana Altman's got them bought into. We're not letting anybody score. That's good. Because if I if I think Oregon basketball, usually I think up tempo try to outscore you. Well, yeah. You think about those teams with uh, Tyler Dorsey, mm-hmm. uh, Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks, uh, Chris Boucher. Mm-hmm. Man, they probably would have won the national championship that year if he didn't get hurt. Jordan Bell. Peyton Pritchard, who's still on the team, man's uh, he's in the Perry Ellis. Uh, <laughs> how's this guy still playing college basketball club? Club, yeah. uh, man. If they had Bull Bull, they were a top fifteen team to start the season. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I think that's another one to keep an eye on. Can I see the bracket? Yeah, sure. If I can just look, like, if I look at it, I, I would have some other guys. Yeah, UC Irvine, I think, is one that a lot of people will think is a. Uh, will be trendy. Mm-hmm. Like I said, New Mexico State, I already mentioned them. Uh, who else here? Belmont, as long as they win tonight. So whenever this podcast comes <laughs> out, it might already be irrelevant. But I, I picked Belmont to the Sweet 16. I picked them to the second round. Liberty is a tough team, too. I mm-hmm. mean, any of those 12s and the 11s outside of Ohio State, obviously. Do you have any big 12 teams making the Final Four? I do not. Okay. I have Texas Tech. I know, but yeah. I know they have a really tough road because, assumingly, they're going to play Michigan and Gonzaga, and those are t- two really good teams. It's crazy. There's some. It's like super like ends of the spectrum. Some people are like Gonzaga got a super easy road to the no. championship. I'm like, Hell dude, no. that that thing is stacked. I mean, you could dude. potentially play John ja Morant. Honestly, I think that I think that the winner of Michigan and Texas Tech is going to beat Gonzaga. Really? Yeah. Maybe. It could be. I don't know. I think it might almost be good for them that they lost in the conference championship game. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the thing that I think about, uh, you know, any team that lost, especially like Texas Tech, who got beat by West Virginia in the Big 12 tournament. You know, it's like it kind of refocuses them going into the into the tournament. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who you got winning the whole thing? I'm Duke. sure I already know. Duke. Yeah. 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 Do you? Yeah, I do. They're just so much better with Zion. Yeah. I think the only teams that could probably beat them would be like, North Carolina. North Carolina. I don't think uh, I don't think West Virginia or I don't think uh, Virginia can beat him again. No, I don't think Virginia can beat him again. Maybe Kentucky if they play super well. Yeah, it would have to be obviously a lot better than it was in the first time they played each other. Tennessee if they're playing super good again. Yeah, my final four is Duke, Tennessee, Kentucky and Gonzaga. So I've got two rematches in the uh in the two semifinals and then I've got Duke and Kentucky. I've got another rematch in the title game. Duke versus Tech in one, and then Tennessee versus North Carolina in the other. So Okay. Yeah, North Carolina's playing well, too. Mm-hmm. I, just, I can't imagine anybody beating Duke right now. Me either. Those guys are on a mission. Yeah. And, again, they're coached by the best coach in college basketball. Yeah. Did you see – I was probably the only one watching ESPN after the selection show, but uh, they were doing – they were interviewing Zion and R.J. Barrett, and mm-hmm. I think it was – Maybe Reese Davis, I can't remember who it was, asked this question, but they said something along the lines of, uh, like, they asked him about how, like, the team came together before, like, how these all guys all became friends and decided they all want to go to Duke together. And then they said, do you think this will become a trend where more of these guys will uh, decide to form super teams at the college level? Mm -hmm. And, like, neither one of them really said anything, and they both kind of, like, looked out of the side of their eyes at each other and just, like, grinned. And they're like, maybe just because it was like they they knew like that that rule was probably going to change before uh, long enough for like it, it become a real trend you know uh, and it was just like 
like why should we even have to have the option to do that everybody started laughing i think so that's kind of what it would like what they were trying to so joke you're, about you're referring to the the elite players being able to go either to the g league or the, yeah. the nba immediately yeah yeah where you could just tell that they both looked at each other and they're like probably not probably not <laughs> yeah and nobody wanted to say that yeah all right we got some mailbag questions we do we have a couple let me pull them up real fast all right sigmopolis asks how would your feelings about Fred Hoiberg change if he took the job in Lincoln? Man, this was going to be my hot and my not. Well, so we're going early to hot not this week. Here, let's take a break and then we'll do the mailbag questions because right. then we'll just we'll go about it that way. Or All what's right. the other mailbag question? We'll do that one, then we'll come back. Okay, sure. Uh, Siwin asks, I work with a girl who puts the milk in the bowl before the cereal and only eats the cereal once it's gotten soggy. Should I be worried she's a Russian spy? That girl's an idiot. Idiot and Russian spy. Idiot Russian spy. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. That girl's just an idiot. I don't know. If you, if you put the milk in the bowl before the cereal, number one, that's a huge red flag right at the bat. And then if you wait for the cereal to get soggy, that's red flag number two. That's just weird. Yeah. Who does that? And, and that girl is the feds. I will say that the, the sogginess part kind of depends on the cereal because some cereal, it's not as bad soggy compared to others. But I do prefer that crunch that you get with the fresh. I agree. Fresh pour. So. Yeah, I have nothing else to say about that. All right. That go to commercial I, so already, Jerry. Siowin. Uh, Siowin. Yeah. Siowin. Tell that girl she's an idiot from Stands and Fits. Yep. We'll be right back with more Stands and Fits presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to Ames Eye Care and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Hello, Fanatics. This is Chris Williams. There are few financial commitments you will make in your life that are more important than where to get your mortgage from. That's why I want to tell you about my friend Jason Larson at Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny. Here's a real review from a client on Facebook. Jason was amazing to work with. He kept in contact with us where we were at throughout the whole process. When we went to sign, he had coffee and donuts for us that morning. He was super kind and helpful, and we said we would refer him to anyone looking to buy a home. Now, that's just one review. Jason Larson, Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny is an equal housing lender. Their NMLS number is 138063. Give them a call at 515-554-6177. Please tell him that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatics sent you. Hey, guys. It's Jared here with another message from Mechdyne. Are you looking to jumpstart your IT career, or maybe you're a student looking to earn some extra cash? Well, listen up. Mechdyne is currently looking to hire both full-time and part-time IT help desk agents to respond to and help troubleshoot client IT technical issues. You can get your foot in the door at an awesome company with a super fun culture that I've seen firsthand with my own eyes. So go visit the career page at mechdyne.com. That's M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Check them out today. Welcome back. Time for Hot and Not. My Hot and Not is the same thing. Yeah. You can read the question again. Yeah, again, the question from Sigmopolis was, how would your feelings about Fred Hoiberg change if he took the job in Lincoln? I want to hear your opinion first. Um, it's tough for me because I feel like as a, as a younger fan, again, I didn't grow up with Fred Hoiberg. I, again, I was, I was born in 1993, which I think was maybe his last year or at least during his tenure. Uh, in, in, so you weren't in old, even if you were alive, you weren't old enough. To I wasn't remember. old enough to remember him yeah. playing basketball. Like I, yeah. I, I only know him from highlights. So it's a little bit different for me. Um, but I do think that him going back into the, the college job market kind of just shows you that people may have thought of Fred Hoiberg as Iowa state to the bone, but I think it kind of just shows you that Fred Hoiberg is just a little bit more what a typical coach would be. He just wants, he wants to coach. He doesn't necessarily care that it's at Iowa state. He just, I mean, it's the kind of thing where Iowa state was great 
when it happened, it worked. It was a win for both parties. But at the same time, to think that he would only coach Iowa State or only ever, you know, want Iowa State to be, I don't know, his his thing. Well, I don't think that it, and okay, so here's my thing. Okay. And this kind of goes off your entire deal where there's been a lot of people, I think, who act like, yeah, Fred could never coach anywhere else because he's Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Fred Hoiberg is Iowa State. Iowa State is Fred Hoiberg. He's the mayor of Ames. Level. Mayor of Ames. He's the mayor. Exactly. And because of that, that must mean that he bleeds cardinal and gold the same way that... I do. Yeah, that you do. Or that anybody does. People that have a very direct affinity for Iowa State. Where it's like you love Iowa State to the bone. And I'm not saying Fred does not love Iowa State. Mm. I guarantee Fred will always want Iowa State to do well. Yeah. It's just that in there's so much more to it than that. Where he left Iowa State. Iowa State now has a basketball coach. Do you think Fred's going to sit around and be unemployed and just wait? No. For a way for him to somehow end up at Iowa State again? That's not very realistic. No. And coaching is a business. The people that are questioning the thing about going to Nebraska, there's – and I know that I'm going to always – You're the Nebraska pe- fan, Jared. I was just going to say, people – I know that people are going to take this as like, oh, that's just a Nebraska fan. Like, But I'm trying to look at this from – An unbiased perspective. From an unbiased perspective where I'm sure Fred looks at this job. He sees brand-new facilities. He sees a brand-new arena. Not brand-new – Pretty new, not very nice facilities in a five-year-old arena. So in arena terms, basically brand new. Um, He sees a school and a demographic similar to the one that he already has had success at, a place where his grandfather was the head coach, a place where his niece, I think, works in the basketball office. He has connections already to this program. Oh, and let's throw in on top of that, the fact that he will be one of the 10 highest paid coaches in college basketball, Mm. a place where he's probably going to make, I don't know what Steve Prohm's salary is. I'd have to look. I'm going to look right now, but USA today, college basketball salaries. I think he'll make like $1.5 million million more Mm -hmm. than what Steve Prohm makes than what Prohm makes pulling it up. Prom makes, where's that? Probably near the bottom, because I know he's still technically in the Steve bottom Steve Prom makes, <laughs> Steve Prom makes two point, I think this is from this year. Yeah, this is this year. Basically $2 million a year. Mm-hmm. Which is. It's got to be 8th or ninth or 10th in the Big 12. It is 53rd in college basketball. The number I've heard for Fred Hoiberg is it four? Would put him as the seventh high paid coach in the country, one spot ahead of Roy Williams, two spots ahead of Jay Wright, three spots ahead of Bob Puggins, ahead of John Beeline, mm-hmm. so ahead of Greg Marshall, ahead of plenty of Hall of Fame Rick coaches. Barnes, Shaka Smart, yeah, Lon Kruger, guys that. How many guys did I just name there? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six of which have been to the Final Four. Fred Hoiberg's mm-hmm. never been to the Final Four. Nope. And they're going to pay him $4 million? Hard to turn that down. <laughs> At that point, I get it. I get where everybody's upset. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to get paid to do that much money to do what – you do yeah, and do it in a place that you know, man, it's hard. It's hard to say no. And yeah. I get it. I get it as an Iowa Stater. As an Iowa State fan, when you think Nebraska, you think, oh, gosh, those Cornhuskers. Yeah. Those, those people who beat us, beat us up in football more years than not, never showed any mercy. You know, everyone likes to think their fans in, in general yeah. are the, you know, the, the redneck E-type, even though it's might, probably not the case. But and you know what? I'm gonna be honest. I think he'll win there. I do. I think that he will get there. 
and they might be have a tough first year, they'll figure out a way to get guys. And we know Fred Hoiberg knows basketball. Oh, yeah. And it's been a long time since they've had a coach who really knew basketball. Mm-hmm. They've got some guys who will go back next year who will be good players. I mean – I mean, you were again. You were so confident enough that you thought they were going to be back in the big, or the the NCAA tournament. This and year we're winning game for the first time in school history. That you made that bet. I think, and you lose your three of your top players off of this team, but you bring back Isaiah Roby, you bring back Thomas Allen and Amir Harris, and that's assuming that these guys all come back, despite the fact that the coach there would be a coaching change. Mm-hmm. But they've got a kid sitting out that transferred there that's supposed to be the real deal. I mean, I think that he will go in there and be able to win. And, I, I, you know, I, I love Ted Flint. I love him. Love him to death. He's like my brother. But he texted me yesterday, and he brought up how basically I, I would have to I'd, – I'd read it again, but I think I can get the kind of gist of it, how it's selfish in a sense that Fred would do this in the middle of Iowa State's tournament run because now this is what the Iowa State players and coaches are going to have to answer questions about on Thursday at, at open practice. Fred, and stop. If that's what you think is no. the case, Stop. That's not something that Fred Hoiberg should have to be concerned about. Exactly. It's not something that Fred Hoiberg should have to be concerned about. And the fact of the matter is that nobody at Iowa State has any concern about it either. Yeah. Steve Prohm doesn't have any concern about that. Steve Prohm is getting his team ready for the NCAA tournament. Yep. The players are getting ready to play in the NCAA tournament. How many of those guys played for Fred? None. Zero. And he, Ted said, well, it'll make it harder for you guys to do your job. No, it won't. I'll keep doing my job the same way. Oh, if Fred wins at Nebraska, everybody's going to compare Steve Prohm to Fred. Who do they compare Steve Prohm to already? Yep. (laughs) He's already compared to Fred. How is it any different that he goes to Nebraska? He could have gone to UCLA. Oh, Fred goes and wins a national championship. Well, why hasn't Steve Prohm ever won us a national championship? Yep. That's what it – you can't have it where Fred Hoiberg is going to be one of you because he is not. He's not. It's just the – it's reality. Yeah. And – I know, like I said, I know I'm going to get pushback on this because of the fact that I have made it clear in the time that I've worked here that I grew up a Nebraska fan. But I think everybody knows, too, that in the last six years now, I've gotten pretty firmly ingrained in this culture as well. Mm. Believe me, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place in how I want to feel about it. It sucks. It sucks for me where I'm like, man... I can't get excited about what Nebraska's doing because that guy, I know how mad that's going to make everybody that I'm around. Yeah. So I must ask, in your opinion, if you had to put a percent on likelihood of Fred Hoiberg ending up in Lincoln, what would the percent be right now? <laughs> um, I won't put it at 100 because there's no 100% until – until the, the dotted line is signed. The papers are signed and the guy is out there recruiting. And yeah. even then, Chris Beard was at UNLV for two days. Yeah. Dana Altman had an opening press conference as the head coach at Arkansas. I would put it at very high percentage. Like 80? From, from, things that I have, from things that I've heard. Yes, I would put it at a very high percentage. Okay. And I believe that from what I've been able to gather from people in Lincoln, that that's about what I hear is basically what is actual fact and I, I don't feel comfortable reporting anything yeah I'm don't I don't want people to think that but I am very confident that this is what will end up happening and so do you assume that the timeline is once Nebraska loses in the NIT that it will shortly after hear the hear the word of Tim Miles being shown the door and then shortly after that will it probably be maybe a few days and then Fred will be announced people that are more in the know in Nebraska than I am are we're saying today on something I was listening to if, I, if Nebraska loses in the NIT on Wednesday to Butler, Tim Miles would probably be fired within 24 hours, and it would not shock them for this to be official by the weekend. Wow. For it to, not, for it to be that fast. Wow. And I, that's basically what I would probably expect, too. That's mm-hmm. what I would have expected. I, I heard about this late last week, that this was coming together, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of smoke. and. Yep. You know, maybe it could be him using it for leverage. I've seen people talking about that. It could be, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it is. I think that this is very real, yeah. and and it's it's just something that people are going to have to learn to live with. So then, I guess this might be a question more for me to ask myself. But do you think, as an Iowa State fan, should Iowa State fans be 
should should they root for Fred Hoiberg if they go to Nebraska? I mean, or is that a kind of thing where, oh, Nebraska's a rival or at least used to be a rival? See, and I think that's what makes it so tough is that he's four hours away. Mm-hmm. I think if he'd gone a lot of other schools, people probably would have figured out a way to root for him. Yeah. But it's – And the nice thing it's, is – It's a hundred years of history between yeah. the two schools that it's hard to get over that. And the nice thing is that – no matter what, Iowa State will not play Nebraska in basketball head-to-head unless, of course, they come to some, some right. non-conference. And they would not do that, or unless they're playing in the NCAA tournament. Correct. But Fred Hoiberg will be recruiting against Steve Prohm, more than likely, for a few recruits. Probably. So, But how, many, how often do Nebraska and Iowa State go to head-to-head, head-to-head right now? I mean, not often. I mean, the last person I can th- – I think the only person that I can legitimately think of that, like, went on a visit to Iowa State and went on visits to Nebraska, I think is Tyrese Halliburton. That's Might the be. only guy that I can think of that they legitimately really were battling with. Though you would think that Fred Hoiberg's style would compare fa- – like, you yeah, know, that's c- compared to Steve Proms. So I would think that he would start going after a different type of recruit than maybe Nebraska had gone after in the past. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. But I just – it's tough because you, you want Fred to do well because he is an alumni. He helped Iowa State basketball get back on the map. All those good things. Obviously, he played, had a great playing career too. Always has great things to say about Iowa State. Without, without Fred Hoiberg, Iowa State probably is not playing in the NCAA tournament this weekend. No, probably not. Iowa State doesn't have four Big 12 tournament titles in six years. Yep. That guy brought it back. Yep. He got it back where I think all of us believe that it should be, yep. that it can be. And – the realistic situation is that, you know, I saw Ted tweet about how he wants a guy who's going to retire at Iowa State. How many people retire at the school that they're at? Very few. After spending a long time there. Now, and then, like, really, yeah. really retire. Now, Don't go and get another job where they were told to retire. Yeah. Unless you're Duke and you, and you get Coach K. You get lucky. You get lucky. Tom Izzo. Yeah. You can't even say you can't say Roy Williams because he was at Kansas for He's a while. He's bounced around. Yeah, nobody can't, can't say Bill Self. He was at Illinois for a while. Bill Self left his, uh, like Bill Self yeah. was, went to Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean I'm just trying to think of people who have been at their schools for a while. But even even those guys have had taken other coaches' jobs in the past. You know. Yeah, I mean it's just this business. There is allegiance, but man, it's a business, and it, it's hard to last that long. To last that long at some of these places to where you aren't going to get fired or you're not going to try and escape before the mob gets you. That's the thing. Like, either expectations will grow so high that you cannot meet them. Right. Or you achieve so much that another opportunity comes up. Well, and that's what's crazy is it's it, at Nebraska, Tim Miles, Tim Miles has not done a terrible job. No. I mean, where he the program was when he got there, they had like three scholarship guys his first year. Where Nebraska basketball is right now is honestly pretty dang good for Nebraska basketball. And that's basketball. what I'm saying is that, I mean, okay, they go to the NCAA tournament one time. Man, they've been in the NCAA tournament, I think, three times in the 24 years I've been alive. Mm. Okay. Like, I can't, you can't get that mad about it. But when he took over, I think they went 8-19 and 19 the year before. I yeah. believe that's what it was. Yeah. Tim Miles comes in. He gets it to the point where they're consistent. He will leave with an above 500 record at, at Nebraska. Mm. I don't think there's many coaches that have done that. And they, he has gotten the program through building this new basketball facility, building this new arena, and elevated the program to the point where they can go and get that kind of guy and pay that kind of money and say, we are making this kind of commitment to this program because we think that we have the pieces – to be good in this sport. And that was never the case before. Yeah. That was never the case when you're going and hire mid-major coach after mid-major coach. Yeah. So here's another a thought from a conversation that I had with one of my Nebraska friends. He actually texted me and just kind of said, hey, there's a lot of smoke to these Fred Hoiberg rumors. And we kind of went back and forth on it. He was like, I, I, I put forth the hypothetical of, would you rather for sure get Fred Hoiberg or for sure make a bowl next year? And he was like, well, obviously, I want to make a bowl no matter what. But I would, I would scrap the basketball program today for one extra football win in 2030. That's his. That was his opinion, and I, th- I think I, I, I obviously his opinion doesn't match what a lot of fans are. I'm sure, but I do think there is a contingent of Nebraska's fan base who doesn't give two craps about basketball in the least. 
And it's that it, might be fair. It might be a pretty large contingent too. I I respectfully disagree. Because that and this there was a guy who works for the World Herald that he went on a long rant just about uh Nebraska sports and the some of the unrest like in the fan base there. And he just outside of the volleyball program, nobody has been winning there mm. recently. The women's basketball is fine. Men's basketball is this, what it's always been, basically. Football has not been winning. Th- that's a place that got really used to winning in a lot of stuff, going to the College World Series and winning national championships in volleyball and, cons- and pretty consistently being good in basketball there in the Danny Knee era and having a lot of good players. And all of a sudden, there's not a whole lot of winning going on there outside of bowling, women's bowling, and volleyball. Mm. And that's where a lot of people have gotten a little impatient. If Fred Hoiberg goes there and wins – Man, it ain't going to take very long for Nebraska ball to have a much higher profile in that state than it ever did previously. So, I mean, it might be a harsh way of saying it, but you might say that Nebraska fans are a little bit fair weather as, as it comes to... In a sense. I mean, think about when their fan base really grew. Yeah, think yeah. about the success that they had during that time. Yeah. I mean, they were winning natties, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, not everybody in the fan... It's like Iowa State. There's a lot of Iowa State fans that didn't go to Iowa State. Mm. You know, there's a lot of Nebraska fans that didn't go to Nebraska. Not everybody has the connection to Nebraska that my mom does where she went to school there and my great grandpa went to school there and my family bought season tickets to their football games in the 70s. Mm. Not everybody's got that where they've been through some of the things besides winning three national championships in four years and only living on the top of the world in that sense where it's just like they were good. Now I'm a fan of them. Yep. Like the Golden State Warriors fans, you know, mm-hmm. that a lot of Golden State Warriors fans in 2019. Do you think they lived through the the, the Baron Davis years? No. Or PJ Carlissimo getting choked by Latrell Sprewell? Probably not. Mm-hmm. It just if if football is good, I think football will be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the the near future, I don't think they're going to win the national championship, but they'll, I think they will yeah. compete in the West consistently. They'll, they'll be better than three and nine. Yeah, that's for sure. They'll. Yeah. And in basketball, they've lived a long time, man, with them being bad. Yeah. If they get any good, I mean, how hard is it to get excited when you know the fact that we've never won a NCAA championship? Like, they've never won an NCAA tournament game. Yeah. They've. And I don't think they've you, ever won a regular season conference championship. It does make you wonder if they get to the point where they win one NCAA tournament game, how much will the fan base grow just because of that? Man, that fan base has grown a lot since 2014 when Taran Petaway and Walt Pitchford mm. in Tim Miles's I think, third year, maybe second year, took them to the NCAA tournament. Do you remember No Sit Sunday? You remember hearing about that? Where they played Wisconsin, who was the like, number three team in the country on the last day of the regular season. And it was like if they won that game, they were going to go to the NCAA tournament. Mm. And it was packed to the rafters mm. with – an entire fan base that did not sit down the entire day because it was, it was, it was to this day, it's the most important day in the history of Nebraska basketball. Yeah. Because that was a day when you showed what it could be. Yeah. That's what you're selling to a guy like Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. And obviously there is potential and Fred has to see it too. If he's actually interested. Right. He wouldn't be interested if he didn't legitimately think there was some way that you could do it. And I know that everybody's going to say that, you know, it's been a bad job forever. You've never won all – like, there's no history there. They said the same damn thing about Iowa State football before Matt Campbell came here. Exactly. And there's been – there's everything else that you need to be really good except for history. And then I think a guy like Fred has enough self-confidence to say, hey, I can go make some history. Yeah. Exactly. That's where I'm at. We've talked about this for 20 minutes, and I'm sure people are tired of hearing us talk about it, and I know that people are going to be mad at me. But I just – I. And I, I don't it, want it doesn't, people... It does annoy me the way that many fans approach Fred Hoiberg, even, even without the whole him possibly coaching Lincoln thing. I don't want... Yeah, it, and it's the, Fred, the Steve Prohm thing, they're completely different from each other. Yep. They're, I stop. hate that we, we are still in year four of the, the Steve Prohm era comparing him directly to Fred. Yes. It's getting so annoying. There's got, no... Anybody who does that is just lazy. Yeah. You're lazy with your your arguments at this point Steve Prohm again you can argue that he won that first 
that first Big 12 championship tournament title with Fred's players. But at this point, he's won two. It's the same people that <laughs> I want to win a national championship. I want to win a Big 12 regular season title. Yeah. You know what? In the last 15 years, like three guys have done that. Yeah. It's hard. Yep. To win a national title in the last like 30 years, there's like eight schools. It's yep. hard. There's 353 men's basketball programs in Division One, And I think... So oh, don't, don't use that as another way to be like, oh, Steve Prohm, like, I don't like him because he can't win the national championship. And the thing is, when you look at how low the program was during the Greg McDermott era, and you see, you look at the, the linear path of the growth that Fred Hoiberg took, you kind of expect that, or at least a portion of the fan base that likes to make the comparisons thinks, oh, it's going to continue on this exact same line. We got to continue seeing this amount of growth. But in reality, once you get to that, that certain point where it starts getting much harder and you get in resistance, it, that's where Steve Prohm is. You can't expect him to go out there and keep you know, doing even better than Fred Hoiberg did. Man, and think about the schools that win the national championship. Yeah. Consistently. Yep. There's a... The Blue Bloods. There's an underlying... Yes. Iowa State is there not is an a under, Blue Blood. underlying uh, similarity between all of those schools. And they're also being named in some pretty serious stuff Yeah. at times. Yep. Do you guys want Iowa State in that? That's what it takes. <laughs> yeah. Just to be real, that's what it takes sometimes to sell your soul. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Iowa State wants to sell their soul. Nope. And because it'd be a hell of a lot more embarrassing, think how the people at LSU feel right now. <laughs> yeah. Where I know they're all still backing Will Wade and stuff, there will be a day when, they will. when all of this comes to a head – they're going to be like, man, I wish that our program was not involved in this. And mm -hmm. you get one season of memories out of it. Yep. I don't know. There's my rant for today. There you go. And I, like I said, I know I'm sorry for anybody that I upset, but I'm just trying to make sure that there's, there's a lot of people that I don't think are being very realistic about this entire thing. Agreed. They're, they're looking at it way too much with their cardinal and gold colored glasses. Yep. I'm, I'm with you there, and I, I do think that some people will, will probably say, oh, man, Stan's is talking about Nebraska again. But, again, this is a very real reason to talk about Nebraska basketball. This is a cyclone topic. Absolutely. And it's, and it's just unfortunate because of the fact that I get thrown into the middle of it. On, where When you combine because two – Because I've been open about this. Two controversial things, Fred Hoiberg and Nebraska in any sense. And you know what? I'm never – people get – there's plenty of people that hate that I talk about Nebraska. But you know what? It's who you if are. I did these things, that's part of me. Like yeah. if and I'm if I'm gonna come on here and do this and I'm gonna do it at any kind of high level, I gotta be myself. Yep. And that's me being myself. And so anybody who doesn't like that can shove it. Can, yeah, exactly. You can shove it. I don't care. Yeah. But I don't care what those people think because I'm gonna keep doing it and I'm gonna keep being me. Because it's gotten me this far at least. Who knows how much further it'll ever get me, but I guess we'll see. We'll see. All right, what's your hot notch? Tell them to me. I get to go. All I got to right. calm down. I'm going to take a drink of my Mountain Dew. Mike Trout is my hot this week. He oh, gets baseball. A, Great. A, well, hey, it's kind of big news. He gets the, uh, the richest contract in professional sports history at 12 years, $430 million. So in, to bring if Mike it, Trout walked into this office right now, not wearing any Angels gear, would you know? Yes. Okay, you might be an outlier. I probably wouldn't. <laughs> you might not. But, I mean... I'm also big, bigger into, into baseball than you. I, I mean, I might. I'd probably look at him and be like, damn, that guy looks like Mike Trout. <laughs> He's a big dude. Yeah. But, I mean. There's only a handful of baseball players that I'd legitimately be like, oh, that's who that is. To break it down, he makes $4,087.75 an hour, and which, which equates to, if you go down to seconds, he makes over a dollar a second. Think about that. It's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he like I I I believe there was a someone, How many is it? How much is it per year? Uh like 34 million. Thir 34 35 million, yeah. I I believe if if he went to bat say Oops. 670 times a year, I believe someone broke it down that he every time he stepped into the batter's box, he would get paid $55,000. What are the Angels doing? <laughs> Well, I mean, and the, the crazy thing is if because isn't that money all guaranteed? I, I believe so. In the, baseball, the crazy thing is too, though, if you look at the the contracts that Bryce Harper and Manny Machado got, and you compare their production to Trout's, Trout 
very well could be worth more than what he just got paid. Yeah. Which is absolutely insane. I don't know. It is is interesting, though, because if you think about if Mike Trout was a member of the Yankees or anyone like on the East Coast, you would think he'd be a way bigger figure. But I think because so many of the Angels games are, you know, past bed bedtime here in the central and eastern parts of the state of the country, he kind of goes unnoticed. Because again, I know you're not a, the biggest baseball fan, but you think that if Mike Trout walked in the room, you should be able to recognize him because he's this insanely good. And I think the reality of the situation is too that there's a lot more people now that even if they like baseball, they follow one team. Mm. And even then, I mean, I follow the Cardinals, but it's very, it's casually, Yeah, you know, there's not that many people that are like rabid all around baseball fans. Yeah. And the reason I've kind of got, again, I've, I've mentioned this before, but if you, if you do fantasy sports and I do fantasy baseball, then you, you kind of follow other teams outside of, again, for me, it's the Cardinals as well. Uh-huh. So, uh, that part helps, but I mean, it's insane. The amount of money he's going to make this year and in 12 years into the future. So respect to him. Respect that I just don't get what the angels are doing where they're giving these people contracts where well kids kids could be like you could have a kid in two years and your kid be 10 years old by the time that Mike Trout's career or his his contract ends isn't Mike Trout like 26 uh he is I want to say 27 okay so so he could still have several years left in his career he's going to be 39 when his contract's up and he's still going to be making 35 million dollars a year right it's like Albert Pujols yeah man that that contract probably ends in two years early early 2020s yeah sometime Albert Pujols has been playing baseball since we were probably in the third or fourth grade yeah I I remember uh when I was in Little League one of our our big team bonding trips was to go see the Cardinals play a game he was remember when he signed that deal that was what was it 200 million for 10 years and it was like this oh and it was it was the biggest thing ever yeah you had it was almost unfathomable yeah. 200 million? Yeah. Oh my god. How how could somebody make 200 million? Yep. And now Mike Trout's just going to make double that real quick. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy. But the thing is I I will say that if you if if you had pulled me back then and I, you know, I wasn't in middle school and I, I knew what I knew now, I would probably project that Mike Trout will be much better into his into his old age than Albert Pujols would be, I would think. Yeah, Albert had started to break down a little bit. And I think he, Albert... But we weren't in middle school then. That was... Well, okay, elementary school, whatever it was. When Albert... What do you mean? When he signed his big contract. Oh, well, uh, that, that came later. I say you're, we were you're in right. high school that when came, that happened. That came later. I think I was a senior in high school when yeah, that happened. Yeah, you're, you're right. So, whenever, whenever it was. Anyways, I, I would project that Albert Pujols would probably break down just because I think he was so much more uh, based on power. Yeah, and, and my, like I said, you could already see that he had started to break down. Yeah. His feet had started to break down a little bit. Yep. And, and you know, he, he played first base, wasn't as mobile as Mike Trout is. Mike and Trout. he wasn't 26 or 27. Yeah. He was in his early 30s. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, the Angels just have so much money to spend, apparently. <sighs> must be nice. Yep, must be nice. $34 million for one person. <laughs> All right, my not this week, Iowa and Tennessee – both of them, assuming Iowa doesn't pull the upset, will likely have to play Cincinnati in Columbus, Ohio in the NCAA tournament. How big of a how, how mad would you be if you were an Iowa fan having to do that? You know what I'd say? What? Would they lose down the stretch? 5 of 6? Something like that. Don't lose 5 of 6 down the stretch if you don't want to go play Cincinnati in Columbus, Ohio. Fair enough. Tennessee can be mad. That's a little more legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. But for Iowa, I don't feel bad for them. That's that's a good point. Um, okay, let me, so let me rephrase that. Don't, as, as a Tennessee fan, would you be absolutely PO'd? Oh, yeah. PO'd? Yeah, at that point, I think you have a legitimate mm. concern. But the Iowa one. Do you, do you give any... Be glad you're not playing in Dayton. Do you think that Cincinnati could beat Tennessee if, if they end up beating the Hawkeyes first? Haven't watched enough ten, of Cincinnati to say. I, I watched them play Houston. That's it. And that was one of those uh, wins. Yeah, they were just they beat them on Sunday. I mean, you think about Cincinnati teams regularly; they're usually really good on defense and really gritty, physical. tough, yeah. play slow, beat the crap out of you. Yep, kind of team that gives Iowa trouble a lot. Yep, and hopefully does again. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine Iowa winning that game, but no. maybe they will. Uh, we're already at fifty minutes, almost an hour. Do we, do we want to do anything else? Um, unless you want to ask me some questions, otherwise I'm I'm up for whatever you want to do. All right. 
I'll uh, I'll read this one more time. Cyclone Fanatics coverage of the 2019 NCAA tournament is presented by the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. The Iowa Clinic is a longtime supporter of what we do at Cyclone Fanatic and is a big reason why you can all consume our content 100% free of charge. Be a man, go to the doctor. Thanks to our friends at the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. Thanks to the folks at the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Thanks to Carl Chevrolet. We're in the Carl Chevrolet studios. What else? Who more, else? More sponsors. Thanks to... Shout out to all the Cyclone Fanatic sponsors. Shout out to all the Cyclone Fanatic sponsors. In general. Even if you haven't... Even the future sponsors who haven't even sponsored us yet. Thanks to you. I don't know. Thanks to you guys, the listeners, for getting us to 60 episodes. You, individual listeners. Of the... Number 5,000. Of stands and fits. <laughs> uh, thanks to... Fred Hoiberg and Steve Prohm and Mariel Shayok and all the and DeAndre Kane and George Niang and everybody that's given us some pretty great memories down in Kansas City. And emotional in here. We'll talk to you guys again soon. I'll talk to you guys from Tulsa. Beat the Buckeyes. Peace.